Chapter Five of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: The Maskers. For Eleanor, her Christian name was Eleanor, had twenty-seven different kinds of hell in her. Richard Hovey. It lacked little of the eleventh hour when the football player reached the ballroom, last comer to the revels a bandage round his head and a rubber nose-guard which also hid his mouth served for a mask eked out by criss-crossed strips of court plaster one arm was in a sling for stage purposes only as he limped through the door diogenes hurried to meet him held up his lantern peered hopefully into the battered face and shook his disappointed head stung again muttered diogenes jeff lisped in numbers which fully verified the cynic's misgiving seven eleven four eleven forty four he announced jerkily this was strictly in character and also excused him from entangling talk leaving him free to search the whirl of dancers a bulky rough-rider volunteered his help he fixed a gleaming eyeglass on his nose and politely offered jeff a big stick by way of a crutch hit the line hard he barked he bit the words off with a prize bulldog effect he had fine teeth jeff waved him off sixteen two one he proclaimed controversially he felt his spirit sinking with a growing doubt of his ability to identify the only one and was impatient of interruption he kept his slow and watchful way down the floor topsy broke away from her partner and stopped jeff's crippled progress her short hair braided to a dozen tight and tiny pigtails bristled away in all directions laws young master you certainly does look puny she said then she clutched at her knee hey she tittered as a loose red stocking dropped flappingly to her ankle pray do not be shocked the effect was startling but a black stocking decorously tight and smooth was beneath the red one jeff's mathematics were not equal to the strain of adequate comment topsy dived to the rescue got a string she giggled as she hitched the fallen stocking back to place can't fix this good nohow jeff jerked his thumb over his shoulder man over there with an eyeglass cord maybe you can get that what makes you act so he looked cold disapproval nevertheless he looked topsy hung her head still clutching at the stocking top dunno i spect it's cause i's so wicked finger in mouth she looked after jeff as he hobbled away a slender witch pounced from a chair and barred his way with a broom her eyes were brimming sorcery her lips looked saucy challenge she leaned close for a whispered word in his ear how would you like to tackle me poor jeff ten two ten two he promised huskily yet he ducked beneath the broom but said the little witch plaintively you're going away she dropped her broom and wept eight two eight two two eight two said jeff almost in tears himself and again fell back upon english mere figures or mere words can't tell you how much i hate to but i've got to follow the ball i'm looking for a fellow if he if he doesn't love you sobbed the stricken witch then you'll come back to me won't you i love a liar to the very stake vowed jeff such heroic if conditional constancy was not to go unrewarded 
a couple detached themselves from the dancers threaded their way to a corner of the long hall and stood there in deep converse jeff quickened pulse and pace for one was a red devil and the other wore the soft gray costume of a friend she was tall this quakeress and the hobnobbing devil was of jeff's own height jeff began to hope for a goal briskly limping he came to this engrossed couple and laid a friendly hand on the devil's shoulder brother he said cordially will you please go to home the devil recoiled an astonished step what what show me your license twenty-three please there's a good devil twenty-three i'm the right guard for this lady i hope oh please to go home the devil took this request in very bad part go back fifteen yards for offside play and take a drop kick at yourself he suggested sourly a burly policeman plainly conscious of fitting his uniform paused for warning no scrappin now just start nothin or i'll run in the three of yes he said and sauntered on twirling a graceful nightstick thee is a local man judging from thy letters said the quaker lady to relieve the somewhat strained situation what do they stand for e p oh yes el paso of course i saw you first said the red devil and with your disposition you would naturally find me more suitable make your choice of gridirons send him back to the sidelines disqualify him for interference don't be hurried into a decision said jeff eternity is a good while before it's over i'm going to be a well something more than a footballer golf maybe or tiddlywinks the quakeress glanced attentively from one to the other doubtless he will do his best to forward thy majesty's interest she interposed why not give him a chance the devil shrugged his shoulders i always prefer to give this branch of work my personal attention he said stiffly a specialty of thine mocked the girl the devil bowed sulkily my heart is in it of course if you prefer the bungling of a novice there is no more to be said thy majesty's manners have never been questioned murmured the quakeress bowing dismissal so kind of you the devil bowed deeply and turned pausing to hurl a gloomy prophecy over his shoulder see you later he said and stalked away with an ill grace pigskin hero and girlfriend left alone eyed each other with mutual apprehension the girlfriend was first to recover speech her red lips were prim below her visor her eyes downcast to hide their dancing lights timidly she spread out fanwise the dove color of her sober costume how does thee like my gray gown not at all said jeff brutally you're no friend of mine i hope a most unquaker-like dimple trembled to her chin relieving the firm austerity of straight lips also jeff caught a glimpse of her eyes through the visor they were crinkling and they were brown she ventured another tentative remark and there was in it an undertone lingering softly confidential is thee lame not very said jeff and saw a faint colour start to the unmasked moiety of the quaker cheek still if i may have the next dance i shall be glad if you will sit it out with me painfully he raised the beslinged arm in explanation sobra las olas throbbed out its wistful call they set their thought to its haunting measure by all means she took his undamaged arm let us find chairs 
now there were chairs to the left of them chairs to the right of them chairs vacant everywhere but the gallant six hundred themselves were not more heedless or undismayed than these two still all the world did not wonder on the contrary not even the anxious devil saw them after they passed behind a knot of would-be dancers who were striving to disentangle themselves for seeing traffic thus blocked the policeman rushed to unsnarl the tangle magnificently he flourished his stick he adjured them roughly move on yous move on whereat with one impulse the tangle moved on the copper swept over him engulfed him hustled him to the door and threw him out so screened the chair hunters vanished in far less than a psychological moment for jeff in obedience to a faint or fancied pressure on his arm dived through the portieres into a small room set apart for such as had the heart to prefer cards or chess the room was deserted now and there was a broad window open to the night thus thrice favoured of providence they found themselves in the garden chairless but cheerful a garden with one eve is the perfect combination in a world awry muffled the music and the sounds of the ballroom came faint and far to them star-made shadows danced at their feet the girl paused expectant but it was the unexpected that happened the nimble tongue which had done such faithful service for mr bransford now failed him quite left him struggling dumb inarticulate helpless tongue and hand alike forgetful of their cunning be sure the maid had adroitly heard much of mr bransford his deeds and misdeeds during the tedious interval since their first meeting report had dwelt lovingly upon mr bransford's eloquence at need this awkward silence was a tribute of sincerity above question with difficulty eleanor mastered a wild desire to ask where the cat had gone oh come ye in peace here or come ye in war such injudicious quotation trembled on the tip of her tongue but she suppressed it barely in time she felt herself growing nervous with the fear lest she should be hurried into some all too luminous speech and still jeff stood there lost speechless helpless unready a clumsy oath an object of pity pity at last or a kindred feeling drove her to the rescue and just as she had feared she said in her generous haste far too much i thought you were not coming the inflection made a question of this statement also by implication it answered so many questions yet unworded that jeff was able to use his tongue again but it was not the trusty tongue of yore witness this wooden speech you mean you thought i said i wasn't coming don't you you knew i would come indeed how should i know what you would do i've only seen you once aren't you forgetting that why else did you make up as a friend then oh oh dear these men there's conceit for you i chose my costume solely to trap mr branford's eye is that it doubtless all my thoughts have centred on mr branford since i first saw him you know i didn't mean that miss eleanor i miss hoffman if you please miss hoffman don't be mean to me i've only got an hour 
an hour do you imagine for one second why i mustn't stay here this is really a farewell dance given in my honour we go back east to-day after to-morrow i must go in only one little hour and i have come a long way for my hour they take their masks off at midnight don't they and of course i can't stay after that i want only just to ask you why did you come then isn't it rather unusual to go uninvited to a ball why i reckon you nearly know why i came miss hopman but if you want me to say precisely ma'am i don't we'll keep that for a surprise then another thing i wanted to find out just where you live in new york i forgot to ask you and i couldn't very well go round asking folks after you're gone could i of course i didn't have any invitation from mr lake but i thought if he didn't know it he wouldn't mind me just stepping in to get your address well of all the assurance said miss eleanor do you intend to start up a correspondence with me without even the formality of asking my consent why miss eleanor ma'am i thought miss hoffman sir yes and there's another thing you said you had no invitation from mr lake does that mean by any chance that i invited you you didn't say a word about my coming said jeff he was a flustered man this poor bransford but he managed to put a slight stress upon the word say miss eleanor uh, miss hoffman caught this faint emphasis instantly oh i didn't say anything i just looked an invitation i suppose she stormed melting eyes and that sort of thing tears in them maybe poor girl poor little child it would be cruel to let her go home without seeing me again i will give her a little more happiness poor thing and write to her a while maybe it would be wiser though just to make a quarrel and break loose at once she'll get over it in a little while after she gets back to new york well upon my word as she advanced these horrible suppositions miss hoffman had marked out a short beat of garden path five steps and a turn five steps back and whirl again with on the whole a caged tigress effect with a double quick at each turn to keep his place at her elbow jeff utterly aghast at the damnable perversity of everything on earth vainly endeavoured to make coordinate and stumbling remonstrance as she stopped for breath jeff heard his own voice at last propounding to the world at large a stunned query as to whether the abode of lost spirits could afford aught to excel the present situation the remark struck him he paused to wonder what other things he had been saying miss eleanor walked her beat vindictive her chin was at an angle of complacency she turned up the perky corners of an imaginary moustache with an air an exasperating little finger separated from the others pointing upward in hateful self-satisfaction her mouth wore a gratified masculine smirk visible even in the starlight her gait was a leisured and lordly strut her hand waved airy pity jeff shrank back in horror miss hoffman i never dream miss hoffman turned upon him swiftly never have i heard anything like it never you bring me out here willy-nilly and by way of entertainment you virtually accuse me of throwing myself at your head i never said jeff indignantly i didn't miss hoffman faced him crouchingly and shook an indictment from her fingers first you imply that i enticed you to come 
second expecting you i dressed to catch your eye third i was watching eagerly for you oh come i say now the baited and exasperated victim walked headlong into the trap the first thing you did was to ask me if i was lame wasn't that question meant to find out who i was when i answered not very didn't you know at once that it was me there that proves exactly what i was just saying raged the delighted trapper you don't even deny it you say in so many words that i have been courting you i had to say something didn't i you wouldn't you were limping so i asked you if you were lame what else could i have said did you want me to stand there like a stuffed egyptian mummy that's the thanks a girl gets for trying to help a great awkward blundering butterfingers oh if you could just see yourself the irresistible conqueror not altogether unprincipled though you are capable of compunction i'll give you credit for that alarmed at your easy success you try to spare me it is noble of you noble you drag me out here force a quarrel upon me oh by jove now really stung by the poignant injustice of crowding events jeff took the bit in his teeth and rushed to destruction really you must see yourself that i couldn't drag you out here i've never been in that hall before i didn't know the lay of the ground i didn't even know that little side room was there i thought you pressed my arm a little so the brainless colt in the quicksands flounders deeper with each effort to extricate himself if miss hoffman had been angry before she was furious now so that's the way of it better and better i drag you out really mr bransford i feel that i should take you back to your chaperon at once you might be compromised you know goaded to desperation he acted on this hint at once he turned with stiff and stilted speech i will take you back to the window miss hoffman then there is nothing for me to do but go i am sorry to have caused you even a moment's annoyance to-morrow you will see how you have twisted i mean how completely you have misinterpreted everything i have said perhaps some day you may forgive me here is the window good-night good-bye miss hoffman lingered however of course if you apologize i do miss hoffman i beg your pardon most sincerely for anything i have ever said or done that could hurt you in any way if you are sure you are sorry if you take it all back and will never do such a thing again perhaps i may forgive you i won't i am i will said the abject and grovelling wretch which was incoherent but pleasing i didn't mean anything the way you took it but i'm sorry for everything then i didn't beguile you to come or mask as a friend in the hope that you would identify me no no miss eleanor pressed her advantage cruelly nor take stock of each new masker to see if he possibly wasn't the expected mr bransford nor drag you into the garden nor squeeze your arm her hands went to her face her lissom body shook oh mr bransford she sobbed between her fingers how could you how could you say that the clock chimed a pealing voice beat out into the night masks off a hundred voices swelled the cry it was drowned in waves of laughter it rose again tumultuously masks off masks off nearer came hateful voices too that cried eleanor eleanor where are you 
i must go said jeff they'll be looking for you no you didn't do any of those things you couldn't do any of those things good-bye eleanor eleanor hoffman where are you miss hoffman whipped off her mask from the open window a shaft of light fell on her face it was flushed sparkling radiant masks off she said stupid oh you great goose of course i did she stepped back into the shadow no one as the copybook says justly may be always wise conversely the most unwise of us blunders sometimes upon the right thing to do with a glimmer of returning intelligence mr bransford laid his nose-guard on the window-sill sir said eleanor then how dare you then she turned the other cheek good-bye she whispered and fled away to the ballroom mr bransford in the shadows scratched his head dubiously her christian name was eleanor he muttered eleanor mm, eleanor very appropriate name a very and i don't know yet where she lives he wandered disconsolately away to the garden wall forgetting the discarded nose-guard chapter five